Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. On today's episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad, I'm back from India, and I've got a lot to say about it. Now, Steph did India many years before I did, so today we're going to talk through our very different styles of traveling through the country and reliving some of our favorite experiences while we were there. What's a tiger safari really like? What was our reaction to seeing the Taj Mahal? And the most important question of all, did either of us get deli belly while we were there? We get into all of these burning questions right now. Hey, Steph. Hey, Andrea. How have you been? I'm really well. I'm back from my epic trip to India. All right. How long were you gone for again? So I was there for two weeks. I've been back for two weeks now. But like, yeah, even since I was back, I had to go away for work. I've just been like jet setting all over the place, really collecting all those points. Amazing. Well, this (laughs) is an episode I think that's seven years in the making because I've been wanting you to go to India since 2015. I know. And now you've done it. So now we can actually talk about it. We can talk about it. So it's funny because I think I even said in a few episodes ago when we did our New Year's resolution episode I think that's the one we talked about India and I'd always said India's never really been on my bucket list of places to go and I know I do know people like other you know avid travelers that also say the same thing that it just is not a place that they're interested in going but as we talked about in you know I think a couple of New Year's resolution episodes now you know, ticking off one of the seven wonders of the world. And I was like, right, I'm going to do it this year. And of course, we know what's in India, the Taj Mahal. So I thought, all right, I'm going to just bite the bullet. I'm going to go to India. Even if I don't like the overall experience, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to to just tick at least that part of, you know, one of my bucket list travel resolutions. Kind of like when we went to Egypt, we, you know, we kind of went to Cairo just to sort of see the pyramids. Yeah, very you true. Know? And I was like, if it's even a trip like that, where like India in itself, maybe I won't love it. Um, So I went Mm -hmm. and I absolutely loved it there. Like, yes, it was like, uh, and I think you even said you're like, you could go and you could change your mind about it. And I think this was one of those actual sort of examples of don't judge a book by its cover don't knock something till you try it because I had the best time I was there for two weeks I did so much in the two weeks I did and granted you know I know that a lot of the stuff I did was the touristy stuff like I, I have friends that are from India that live in London and you know when I told them the trip I was doing at least half of it, they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's all the touristy stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I know, but I, I, I've i never been there before. And I want to do the touristy stuff. And, you know, I think we've mentioned many times, there's nothing wrong with doing, being the tourist. Um, I think yeah. we even did a whole episode on our favorite tourist attractions, you know, like, I love a tourist attraction. So it was a busy, busy two weeks, but I had the best time. Like it was one of those where I'm like, I could definitely spend another two weeks here traveling around, seeing more of the country. Um, I know. And one of my favorite moments was when you were there and you actually said to me, you're like, we should come back to India together. Cause I've been saying for years, I want to go back. India is such a big country that I spent just shy of a month there and I felt like I barely scratched the surface. Yeah. So 
When you said you were like, we should come back here. I was like, you've already twisted my arm. Let's do it. Oh my God. It's, I mean, it is, I, like, I knew it was a big country. And I think we do this as Canadians. When you're from, and maybe Australians to a degree, because Australia is so big as well. But, you know, coming from Canada, like Canada is a massive piece of land. Mm -hmm. And so you think anything like smaller, you're like, oh, it's small. India is massive. Like India is huge. And in my head, I just thought it was... You know, I knew there was a lot of people there, but I just didn't realize how, you know, like when when I was traveling between places, I'm like, wow, this is a four hour train journey. (laughs) Like, it's it's huge. And so, I mean, I think I do this all the time. And it's funny, even moving from Canada to a place like the UK, which the UK is actually tiny. (laughs) Like, I I would, that's what I was thinking as you were saying this. You're like, I thought India was smaller compared to Canada. I'm like, you've been living in the UK for. 13 years. Yeah, almost 13 years. Yeah, I mean, it takes four hours, I think, to get from one side of the UK to, like, the other on a train. Whereas, yeah, India, we were traveling for hours and hours on a bus, uh, on a train. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot to explore. And I think one of the things I realized while I was there, well, I I learned while I was there, is the cultures are so different in in different parts of the country. And I love countries like that because it does make you, it's kind of like the States. Like I know when you did your trip, you know, around the US, like you go to different States and it's like you're in an entirely different country sometimes. Like, absolutely. (laughs) So that's why I'm like, all right. So I I did sort of, I guess my route, let's, I mean, maybe I should talk about kind of where I went. Yeah, let's talk about this because, and also for anyone listening, like you and I did this two very different ways. Like Mm. I landed backpacking, no plans and kind of made it up as I went where you, and you definitely saw more than me in two weeks than I saw in a month Mm. (laughs) just because of the way it worked out. But yeah, tell us, tell us what you did. Yes, I planned everything. uh, Yeah, down to a T. I I just thought going to a country like India, I was like, I don't want to wing it. I would rather work with a tour company that would book everything and I would Mm -hmm. just have everything set up for me because it just, I think that was one of the reasons why initially I'm like, oh, it's not really on my, my bucket list because I just thought I would be too overwhelmed there with all the people and, and, you know, language barriers and all that. So anyway, so I, I kind of had a two part trip. So the first week, and I I said this in, in the New Year's resolution, I wanted to do more sort of animal encounter excursions trips. So I looked this up and there's obviously tigers in India. And so I decided to do a tiger safari, like much like, you know, safaris you would do in Africa, but Indian safari. Um, So I worked with a a tour company there. They're called Nature Safari India. They were amazing. I told them the dates I was going to be there and set up my whole trip for me in Ranthambore National Park. So this is a, you know, protected national park where... There's, you know, a number of tigers. It's really an, an entire tiger family kind of that lives there. They're all related somehow. But obviously tigers live, you know, in solidari- solidarity, in solitude. Um, so <laughs> Maybe solidarity also. <laughs> tigers in solidarity. T- tigers live solo, <laughs> unlike lions. Name. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a minute, my sort of safari excursions in itself and my experience in that. But so I did about a week, maybe about less than a week in Ranthambore Park doing safaris. And then the second week I did what's known as the Golden Triangle. And it's in the northern part of India. So it's basically Delhi, Agra, and Jaipur. And you kind of travel kind of in a circle. And you make stops on the way and, you know, you see all the the sort of sites and and, and, uh, landmarks and that kind of thing. So the Golden Triangle in India, that's really the touristy spot and that's mm-hmm. the one all my friends, you know, I've got a couple friends from Delhi. They're like, oh, that's, you know, super touristy. But I'm like, yeah, well, that's just that's, how it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's how I literally my- how they market India to tourists, though, to attract them. Yes. So. And <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a good starting point. If you're going to go somewhere new. Yeah. Be the tourist. Go to the tourist spots. So I worked with um, another company for the second half. So G Adventures, which I've done a couple trips with them. They're an amazing tour company. If anyone's looking for like nice, small sort of group tours, G Adventures is super fun. And so I booked it with them. So I had everything booked and planned for when I got there. And like I was on a schedule. Yeah. So that was my route. And it was go, go, go the whole time. I think that like the only day that I got to quote unquote sleep in, 
I was, I slept until like 7 a.m. Like everything oh, I did. Rough. Yeah. You had to be up so early because you, travel time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was busy. It was busy. There was no winging it. Whereas when you went, yeah, you were backpacking basically. Like you went on your around the world trip <laughs> yeah, with your yeah. tiny little backpack and flip flops. <laughs> yeah, I was literally, yeah, the total opposite. Backpack, showed up to a hostel, no plan. Well, you know what? That's a lie. My first week I had pre-booked a, um, like a yoga retreat at the Yoga Institute of Mumbai. Mm-hmm. So I did that for the first week, which was actually really good for me because that got me settled in, comfortable, more comfortable walking around in the streets with sort of a home base with lots of other people. And then it was once I left the yoga retreat where it was like, all right, here we go. Show, you know, showed up to hostels with no plans. Um, yeah. Meeting, meeting other tourists and coat riding. What's it called? Coattailing? Riding their coattails. And I was like riding the coat t- coattails of other backpackers who did the research. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? That's kind of a good execution strategy. If you are going to go to India... Mm-hmm. solo that is the one that's actually what i would probably do that even now in my 30s if i was going to go alone i would go stay in a hostel to meet people to yeah. be able to like travel around with versus you know i think we said this in many episodes as i get older i love you know i do like a nice comfortable hotel i can afford it but this would be more a sort of practical reason to stay in a hostel for me and i would not be opposed to like sharing you know, with other people, if it meant I could meet people and kind of hang out with them while I'm there and just feel more comfortable walking around. You know, it is a very, it's a very overwhelming country. Yeah. It is. It, it really, I mean, I, th- I think the first day I sort of walked around Delhi, it does kind of take over all your senses um, in like in good ways and bad ways, you know, like it's I, just I think so different. It is very, it's one of those, you know, you want to talk about culture shock. It, it'll give you culture shock, especially if you mm-hmm. haven't traveled a whole lot before. But not in, again, not in, a, not in a bad way. It's just different. It's just, you know, the way that they live versus, you know, how we live. And so I think it, it helps being with people and kind of experiencing that together versus being on your own and feeling a little bit out of sorts. I, I know I kind of did that years ago when I went to Morocco by myself. And that's kind of the feeling that yeah. I, I, I imagine I, see I would have. Yeah. But yeah, so we, I mean, we did it very different. I was staying in, you know, I wouldn't say f- like nice hotels. They, you know, yeah. the company booked it all for us. So where, where I stayed for my safari, that was really nice. This was, um, it was called Tiger Den Resort. You know, very cliche name. But um, yeah. <laughs> they they were lovely. They, you know, they, they would set up the safaris for me every day. So basically, you do two safaris. You do early morning. It starts at 6 a.m. So I think, you know, when I kind of said there was no sleeping in, like I was up, you know, 5.30 every morning to go have a coffee and then get on a Jeep to go, you know, on a tiger excursion. So you go in the morning, 6, you come back around 9.30, you have breakfast, then you just sort of chill at the resort. And it was really nice. They had a really nice pool. So I could just kind of chill and relax for the afternoon. And then you get picked up again at like 3 o'clock to go on your second safari. And so when I got there, you know, the, the manager of the hotel, he was super nice. His name is Patrick. Um, he kind of said to me, right, we've booked you eight safaris. And I was, I was like, eight safaris. And all I could think <laughs> of was when I went to Africa years ago and we did like a week of yeah. safaris. And I was like, oh my God. And, you know, to be honest, I was kind of bored by the end because again, you sort of drive around and you're like, oh, okay, there's another lion. There's another zebra. And it just kind of, the excitement sort of does wear off a little bit. And when you're just sitting in a Jeep all day. And I thought, oh my God, I didn't even realize I booked this. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, eight safaris, that's a good amount to do for tiger sighting. And I kind of realized, this is when I realized, I'm like, oh, wait, tigers aren't just like all lazing around together. No, You have to go find the tigers. And you are out searching for them. And so the first couple safaris... I, so I was in like a shared Jeep with other tourists. I met, you know, some other people along the way. And like, I think the first two, we saw a tiger. I think the first one we didn't. And I was like, well, that sucks. And then the second one, we did see one. And it was so far away. Okay. You couldn't see it just with your sort of naked eye. At least I couldn't. The tour guides could. Or the the, the Jeep guides. Like, they've been doing this for years. And so everyone in my Jeep, they had these big, 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 like sort of National Geographic cameras and they're snapping <laughs> pictures and I'm like I can't even see this and then you sit there for like an hour staring at a tiger in the distance 
<laughs> and I was like, so I'm taking pictures with my sort of little point and click camera. Like it's nothing compared to these big, you know, fancy ones. And again, I came back after this, that second safari and I'm like, oh my God, I've got to do eight of these. Like, you know, cause I was, I don't know. I was sort of just like, oh, this is going to be so boring. And then I looked at my pictures and I kind of zoomed in. I'm like, okay, there's the tiger. So now I can kind of see it in my pictures. But then as I continued doing these safaris, like I realized the fun of it is not necessarily seeing the tiger. It's looking for the tigers and it's finding mm-hmm. them because you drive around and then you find tiger tracks, right? And you're, you know, so the guides are looking at the tracks and they're figuring out which way they go. And so kind of like it, after halfway through all my safaris, I'm like, oh my God, this is so fun because it turned into more of like an adventure. Okay. And then, we, and then some of the days, like we wouldn't see any tigers, but you still had like such a good time. So I think if anyone's looking to do a tiger safari versus say an African safari, understand the difference there because you aren't okay. just seeing animals everywhere, but the fun is the driving, like, and you're in these Jeeps and it's like, you're driving really fast. Once they think there's a tiger, you know, if they, someone else is like, oh, there's been a tiger sighting up by the lake. They start like ripping through <laughs> like the, you know, the, the pathway and you're like bouncing around in the Jeep. And it's just like a lot of fun in that respect. And then you do see a tiger and it's, once you do find one, it's worth it. So in the end, I ended up seeing, we had five tiger sightings, four different tigers. And that was out okay. of eight, that was out of eight safaris. And so I understood why when you book with these companies, why they book you on so many, because yeah. they want to increase your chances of seeing a tiger because it goes back like, yeah, like the, the hotel manager was telling me like, they sometimes get tourists that come and they do one or two safaris and they don't see any tigers. And then they're really disappointed. And like, they'll leave the tour company a bad review and be like, there was no tigers. Oh, which how annoying. It's like they're not controlling the tigers. Like they're living in a natural habitat. You know, they're just, they're not, they can't force them to come out or be where they want them to be. So I, so really I had sort of a 50% success rate there. um, Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, and it was, you know, I I think three, four of the sightings, it was tigers again, very far away. Um, You don't get up close with them really like you do in Africa with the lion I mean the lions again they just are lazing everywhere and you just see them and they're just sitting next to your jeep so the tigers are further away apart from the last one we saw which was really really close it was a cub and these these um Bengal tigers are massive like they are big tigers so this cub was not even a full-size cub and she was kind of swimming in the lake and then she sort of walked by and she walked right by our jeep and I was not that I mean I was pretty close where I was sitting and I kind of got scared thinking oh my god Just, what if she yeah jumps in and the guides were like you know all these guides they um you know they've been there for years and they they kind of reassured us like the tigers know that the cars on the path that's not their territory mm-hmm. and that they also won't attack humans for food unless they're starving but they said all the tigers that live here they're not starving they are very okay. well fed. They just are they said, fed you know, or do they eat well? No, no, like, they, they eat have... well. Yeah. Like okay. there's, I mean, you should see, you know, we stopped. I did one of the safaris I did. The guy kept stopping, showing us all the deers and like the bluebell. And he's like, do you guys want pictures? And we're like, no, it's all right. Like we deer. were all, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm from Canada. Like I was with like some Americans. We're like, we're good. Let's go find a tiger. So yeah, there is a lot of food for them to be well fed. And you know, they're not going to, they're not going to eat humans, but they said the only time a tiger would a would attack a human is if it goes into its territory. So, you know, if you start walking up the hill into its territory, then it might just become defensive kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, they know what they're doing on these tours. So I felt safe, you know, even though there was a tiger kind of walking like next to our Jeep. And I'm like, holy Jeez. shit. Oh, see, crazy. I would have thought when you said you saw a tiger cub, I my brain went right to bear cubs. Like if you see a bear cub, you want to get the F out of Dodge because that means mama bear is somewhere nearby. Yeah. Not well, the same. I think tigers, although I think the parents do at some point abandon their cubs, don't they? Well, they wouldn't, they don't abandon them. So I, as since I've started volunteering at the You're zoo. You're a tiger tigers, expert now. I'm not an expert, but I've learned a little bit about sort of how like tiger behavior and how they, so no, they, they, so this cub specifically was in, so in Ranthambore National Park, they have different zones. And each day that you do a safari, you book a, your your guide or whoever books it for you 
will book you a different zone. And there's only a limited amount of Jeeps that can go into each zone. Like they're, they, they're very much, they protect the sort of environment that way. So each zone though, if you think again, it's Tiger and it's territory. Territories are massive. They can go on for like kilometers. So you might go into like zone one, but there's only two tigers that live there because that's how big their territories are. And one doesn't really go into the other one. So in this zone that we were in, zone 10, there's four tigers that live there because there's a mom tiger, a dad tiger, and then they had two cubs. And the two cubs hadn't left yet to go find their own territory. So what happens when the cubs get old enough, usually when they're around two years old, they have to go find their own territory because you can't have tigers all living in the same territory, if that makes sense, apart from when they're cubs or if they're mating. So that's the same with our tigers at the zoo. Right now we have, we've got a mom and a dad that live in the sort of tiger territory together, but they have two cubs and the two cubs, they turn a year old in June, but they'll, when they turn two years old, they'll have to be rehomed into another zoo somewhere in the world that's part of this Sumatran tiger breeding program because they can't keep two male cubs in the den with the dominant male cu- uh, male li- uh, male tiger, if that makes sense. Yeah. So does. they do abandon them in a way, but not until they're about two years old. And it's not really that they abandon them. It's just they sort of... It's, it's time ins- to go on their own little grass. Yeah, it's, it's a tiger's instinct to go and find their own territory. And what they were telling us, you know, one of the one of the positive things is the Bengal tiger population is increasing quite a lot in India, which is which is good. But mm-hmm. in this park, they're running out of space for these tigers oh. to have their own territory. So they have to actually move some of them into other national parks in India. So they actually do transfer them around because otherwise they they'll kill each other yeah they'll fight for the territory exactly so it's it was it's in a good way you're like okay good like there's like i actually i have friends that did the same safari like even three years ago they saw no tigers in a week (laughs) because they were so sparse whereas now they're saying there's such an increase in the bengal tiger population that it's actually you're more likely to see one now so when i told a friend of mine i saw five she was like oh my god like we saw none when we were there like three four years ago oh that's so so good yeah so anyone that wants to see a tiger like now's a good time to go to india because the bengal tiger population it's like the highest it's been in you know i i don't know how many years but so they have in this park there's 80 of them that live there um Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because they all have you know they're all numbered and they all, some of them have names and they're all related somehow, right? Like, so there's actually a directory you can find online that like shows you, you know, the cub that we saw, like it's, you know, their mom is, you know, this one tigress that she's three years old and she mates with this tiger and you're like, oh, okay. And it's, I mean, they're all, they're all related somehow, but obviously live separately. So anyway, so that's why it was, you know, when we saw this cub, the cub lived in the same zone or same territory as the mum still. So that's why there was a better chance of a sighting in that kind of zone than say a different zone where there's no cubs got it so i was lucky that i got booked into that zone because you also don't know what zone you're gonna get booked into that day so it's up to your whoever's managing it for you they can sometimes pull some strings so like my hotel manager patrick he's like don't worry i'm gonna get you into zone 10 today because that's the best (laughs) one and he's like don't worry like he's like i've been doing this for years I know all the guides. I'll get you in. And so yeah, I was just going to say, it shows be nice to your guides and be nice to your yeah and tour managers. Totally. Hey. And, and book with a good, reputable company because they, they know people that know people and they can, you know, get you into, you know, it's it was like the VIP of zones. Kind of Amazing. Thing. So all that to say, it sounds like you would definitely recommend the Tiger Safari to anyone thinking of going to India. Yeah, and I think we said we Brilliant. were going to go back and do it. <laughs> I, I'm down. I didn't do that while I was there, so I am 100% down. But you, I, I, I want to say as well, even if you might not see a tiger, there's so many other animals that are there. Like, obviously, there was lots of birds, deer, there's mongoose, there's crocodiles. So we actually saw, <gasps> we saw two stray dogs kill a deer in the lake. <laughs> like, two just domestic yes. slash stray dogs. And then as they were dragging the deer out, a crocodile came up and took them all down. And so that was like, I was like, and we didn't see a tiger that day, but I'm like, that was wild. (laughs) Like watching that What kind of timing is that to pull up to see that? It was crazy. Like our guide that day, our Jeep guide, he 
said he's been a guide for like 35 years or something. He He's an older man and he was loving it. He was laughing, which I'm like, I don't know if this is funny, but like they see everything. Right. And he was like, I've never seen this before. And he was loving. It. I got some pictures and it was and I sent them to, you know, this guy after he's like, these pictures are amazing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just saw this happen. <laughs> but, you know, it's nature. Um but they do also have bears, though. And it was so you mentioned bears before. There's bears in India? Yeah. So sloth bears. And we saw a sloth bear with two cubs. And we weren't very close to them. And somebody in our Jeep was like, can we get any closer? And the guide was like, oh, no. He's like, a sloth bear is 10 times more dangerous than a tiger. And we were like, what do you And he's like, Mm-mm, sloth bear will. And with the cubs, like you said, mm-hmm. will try to take us out. They don't like they don't play around kind of thing so yeah they do have bear i didn't know they had bears in india either but they do sloth bears and they're massive and they're scary looking because they've got big old claws <laughs> so <laughs> i need to look this up because i've never even heard of this yeah sloth. i don't know if they're in all parts of india I'm not sure but yeah they're definitely in the the northern part in in the park so yeah oh wow Okay, well, that's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So uh, who knew? I mean, that's I thought the same. Um, yeah. So yeah, apart from all that, of course, you've got monkeys, not the macaques. Macaques are the really horrible, mean monkeys, but the langurs mm-hmm. up there, they're the ones with the cute, long little tails. They all just hang out there. Um, so yeah, still lots of opportunity to see a lot of animals. And again, you know, the fun of it is like the excursion of being in the Jeep, riding around, looking for tigers, looking for tiger tracks. Um, yeah, it was super fun. So I would highly recommend if you're going to go to <laughs> India, do a little, you know, do a tiger safari as well. It was That's great. brilliant. Yeah. You'll have to do that next time you go. Oh, it's on the list. It's on the list. Yes. Okay. So then now we get into, cause wh- what I actually know a little bit about, mm. What did you do? So you started Tiger Safari. What came next? So then I went back to Delhi. So I kind of backtracked because my tour starting from Delhi was actually going back up towards Ranthambore Park. But that's what I had to do. So I got on. I took the train. I took the train in India, which was that was interesting. And again, I think our train experiences were very different. I got booked into <laughs> yes. first class on the on this train. And yeah. when you say first class, like first class to an Indian train standard versus like probably like UK is very different. First class is literally just a carriage with like fold down plastic bed things and that that's it. And like four people can sit in one. No, I think when you took the train in India, you booked probably was it the cheapest? I booked one? the absolute cheapest train, like the carriage in the absolute back that's cost just like a few rupees. And yeah. it was me and a carriage full of just men staring at me like, why are you in here? Who are like, you? <laughs> tourists do not travel in this carriage. Yeah. Um, which in hindsight, probably I wouldn't do now. Um, but at the time I was just being so cheap backpacking. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense. And again, I, I didn't book any of this myself. It was the company I booked with. But I am glad that they did because I did look at some of the other sort of carriages and they, they just rammed. Like everyone was like piled in and it was a four hour train journey. And on the way there, yeah. I actually had the entire carriage to myself <coughs> so that you do have an assigned seat and your assigned seat is one of the beds. And so mm-hmm. I'm being that, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed sort of tourists where I'm like I guess I have to sit in my assigned seat you know so I'm in this like empty empty carriage sitting on the top bunk you know and but there's no one else there <laughs> so eventually I got down I was like all right I think I can just sit on the bottom one no one else is here yeah. on the way back I got into my carriage and there was two men sitting on mm-hmm. the two bottom bunks and I'm like oh, okay so I sort of look at my ticket and obviously one of my, my seat is the one above so I start kind of maneuvering my way up to this bunk bed and the mm-hmm. guy sitting at the bottom he was like um you know you can sit down here and I was like oh well you know my ticket says 1b and it's up here and he was like that's fine he's like as long as it's not like an overnight like sleeper train you mm-hmm. can sit down on the bottom benches like nobody's sleeping and I'm like okay and so he let me kind of sit on his seat basically and then the two guys they were really nice they you know they were like so did you see any tigers because obviously they see 
you know, a tourist coming on the train at Ranthambore. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so we, we had a little chat about tigers. And then we were like sharing snacks, like on the way back to Delhi. Like they were Aww. two really nice, like local guys. One of them was from Delhi. Another, the guy I was speaking to was, uh, he was some like, I think he said he was like a Hindu, like priest or something. And he was going to some like religious ceremony. Anyways, they were super nice. So yeah, they let me like sit on their seat with them. But so the assigned seating thing is not really a thing unless it's the overnight trains, guys. You can kind of sit anywhere you want. <laughs> watch watch someone listen to this and then go sit in another seat and get yelled at. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this was... <laughs> that again, would be my luck. <laughs> yeah. This was first class. So I don't know how it works in uh, the busier kind of, you know. But yeah, I don't actually know what the price difference was. Because again, I just booked a whole package. So I think as a a tourist like you know they were my tour guide was like there to pick me up at the doors of the train they dropped me off they carried my luggage on like it was one of those I got to the train station even in Delhi and it's a busy train station but like I live in London like our train stations are pretty busy as well Mm -hmm. and he was making sure that like I got onto the train like I knew how to like find a seat on the train and I'm like I could I could you know I can take it from here kind of thing but he's insisted on waiting with me on the platform like to make sure yeah like it was it was it was nice to have this all booked in advance where they do kind of look out for you and just make sure so i and i can get it like i would totally get it if again i live in a busy city where i'm pretty used to busy train stations and you know figuring out what platform i need to get on but some people you know i mean steph you've never taken a bus in london before (laughs) so we learned (laughs) don't we we moved to the uk and i'd never taken public transit before yeah like that was a culture shock to me yeah steph didn't know you had to like press the button ring a bell to get off she's like why isn't the bus just stopping (laughs) i just assumed the buses stopped at each stop at every stop yeah we went by it i'm like what (laughs) why aren't you stopping sir (laughs) um yeah Uh, so i get it like it would be totally like when i got to delhi train station i mean it is it is overwhelming there's a lot of people the smells are overwhelming there's monkeys running around there was cows (laughs) in the train station you're like holy shit but in terms of how the actual train station worked and how the platforms were set up and you know the boards showing you it was very much like a london station okay Um, so it, I again when he dropped like when we got to the station in itself and we're looking at the board I'm like I can totally figure this out on my own like he you know in my head I'm thinking like he could go but he didn't he was like come with me and he's like carrying my bag I'm like Aww, okay that's really so, yeah. sweet it's nice to have I think when you're going to a new country where, where you probably will experience culture shock just having someone that can quite literally you know they're a guide and that's what they're there for to guide you and make sure that you're not going to get lost you know you're not going to be stressed out like. So yeah, it was nice. So that was, that was, I'm glad that even though I booked everything pre-booked, like private tours and everything, I still took the train. Like I experienced. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, lo- like You're public Indian transportation. <laughs> um... <laughs> So yeah, but do you think if you did it again though, you'd book you'd you you go the the first class experience on an Indian uh, train? Well, like the difference in my income first of all is significantly yeah. different. So I could, I wouldn't be stressing about it now. But yeah, I think I do a lot of things differently now. Like I think yeah. I actually would book a tour and see a lot more. I'm glad I did it the way I did in 2015. Yeah. When you did, but at the yeah. same time, I think yeah, there's so many people who say like. You know, why would you go to India? Or especially as a woman, especially yeah. traveling sol- traveling solo. 
yeah. you know, that, and, and I think that was, even though I tried to not let it be, that was in my head. Yeah. So when I started traveling around alone, I think I stayed in Delhi longer than I would have now knowing everything yeah. I know. I stayed in Mumbai. I didn't go to Jaipur. I was too mm. sort of hesitant. There's a lot of things I would do differently. Yeah. But hey, I spent almost a month in India by myself. So yeah. I have no regrets. And I'm pretty proud of that because a lot of people would be too scared. Totally. So, and I, and but I think the, I would do a tour now to see a lot more. Yeah. And I, th- I think the older I get as well, like I really do like, and I think we're going to do a whole episode on this actually, but the sort of group tours or group travel, because again, I've done a few of these trips and I've had such a good time on every single one of them. And the more, like, I, I like the idea of just showing up and everything's planned for me. And a lot of the time, you know, they'll make sure if you are booking like an actual tour, they make sure that you're going to see everything. You know, it is generally more touristy, I would say, like the stuff you will see. But that's the whole idea, right? I see a lot of value, though. And also, you know, booking a tour and maybe attacking a few days on either at the beginning or a week at the end. Because sometimes as you're going, you're like, oh, I would have yeah. actually loved to spend more time here or to do this. That's not only itinerary so that you still have those days to do, to do other want. things. So you can do the tour, get comfortable, see a lot. Yeah. And then take a few to, then you can still have that making it up or you can get the best of both worlds, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. Or do something kind of like what I did where I did the safari first and then did, went, did the golden triangle, did the, the quote unquote touristy stuff. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the, so my tour, we started in Delhi. Like you said, we only spent like a day in Delhi I would say Delhi. It's like, it's just like a city, you know, it's, it's, um, there's a lot to see though. But like, again, if your time is short, I think a day or two is fine. We did sort of a street walk, like a tour and the company. You did a street walk, Andrea? Yeah, I did a street walk. (laughs) We did a walking tour that they booked with, it's an organization called Salem Balak Trust. And basically what this charity does it helps homeless youth in india they can get an education and they give them these jobs of like being sort of tour guides almost Mm -hmm. so we were guided by i think he was like 18 years old and he used to be sort of a a street kid in in delhi and he'd come over from you know the village that he was born in his parents had both died and he came over when he was 12 and was basically trying to survive in delhi and so he joined this organization and so now he's working and now he's and what they do is, you know, a lot of these these former street kids, they give them internships. They sometimes do send them, you know, to other parts of, of the world to get an education. Like it's a it's a really, you know, you're doing this and, you, you know, you're also giving back to to this community. So it was it was really cool. We got so we got a little tour around Delhi, but that's really the only time we spent in in Delhi. But we also, I think on the same day, went to the big Sikh temple there. Okay. And that was really cool. So this Sikh temple, you could go in um, and, you know, for anyone that follows or like knows religion, like the Sikh religion, they're very welcoming. So walking into their temple, like you didn't feel uncomfortable. They want people to come in. It doesn't matter what religion you're from, what background. They're very, very welcoming community. And they actually cook. You know, the Sikhs, like Sikhs will come in and it doesn't matter how rich or poor they are. They all give time throughout like their week to come in and actually like cook food and prepare mm-hmm. food for and anyone can come in and have a free meal. So we went in, you could see like these women, they were all making bread and there was men in the back, like cooking these massive vats of like curry. So we got to like, they wanted, they were like, come join us, like make some bread with us. So I was sitting there, you know, making naan with these, with these ladies at the Mm. table. And then you could see they had this whole dining room with loads of people coming in and just having a meal and and going. And, you know, I, I don't know if they were all Sikh or not, but, but it was huge. Like, and it was a beautiful temple. They had music going, like... It was just a very cool experience. Um, and I think throughout my whole time in India, we went to so many temples. We went to a yeah. mosque. <laughs> we went to, you know, the we forts. went to palaces. We went to all the forts. Like, there's so much culture um, and so many of these, like, beautiful buildings to see that have so much history. So there is, I think a lot of the time, you know, you think India and you do think of just homelessness or the poverty and, you know, there is that, but there is a lot of sort of culture and, and a lot of history as well. So that's what we kind of did in Delhi. It was, uh, you know, we did a lot in a day. 
and the one thing I was sort of dying to hear the whole time is obviously so from Delhi went to Agra. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on the Taj Mahal? So the Taj Mahal. So yes. So Steph was like on me, being like, "I need to know like, <laughs> your reaction once you get to." It. So Taj Mahal. We our wake up call that day was four a.m. Yeah, because we were leaving at four thirty to get to the Taj Mahal, which the gates, the doors open at five a.m. And it gets real hot and humid in India. So five a.m. is like when you're not gonna oh, die. It felt so nice though. It was like. It was nice and cool. Um, I mean, we were like kind of standing there at one point. I'm like, oh, I'm actually a little bit cold. But yeah, so we got there before the sun came up. And we're just like, holy shit, it's so early. And so as we're standing at the front gates, like we're just looking. We're like, there's nobody even here. Like, why did we have to be here so early? But, you know, our tour guide, his name is Ragu or Rags for short. He was like, trust me, like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. I anyway, do this for a living. Yeah, this is. Yeah. And uh so we went in and um, it was one of those, you're like, holy shit. Like, it is so much bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, it is, I know. It is like, it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's one of those, you just can't really describe it unless you're kind of there. I always tell people, because first of all, when I walked through the door, I don't know how I didn't see it right away. I had the experience where I just walked around the corner and suddenly saw it and was just like, holy fuck, yeah. looking at it. Yeah. And it it is one of the, if not the only, one of the very few places that I found exceeded the hype for everything I'd heard about it and what I was yeah. expecting. You know, so often if you get this grandiose vision of something in your mind, you're a little disappointed. And the Taj Mahal is the one where I'm like, all of the hype doesn't even do it justice. Yeah. Well, we had asked, um, so our tour guide, Rags, like he does this. He's been to the Taj Mahal 8,000 times. Like, yeah. he does this tour all year round, if not, yeah. like, longer tours. Anyways, and I said to Rags, I'm like, do you, do you get bored of this? And he's like, never. Like, he was he was like, I never do. I Every time I, you know, walk in and see it, he's like, I'm also just, like, amazed by it. And I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. But, yeah, yeah. it's 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 amazing. So we got there really early, and the pictures, I mean, we'll post some on uh, on, our, on our social, on our Instagram. Yeah. But um, the picture, because we got there so early, we got really nice pictures where, there, where there's nobody nobody in the pictures. And it's just yeah. me and, you know, me, you see a couple people. But we stayed there until, so then we kind of walked around. And it is one of those things, as you walk closer, it kind of does lose its beauty. Like it's, you know, they do say it's one of those, you, you sort of admire it from afar. And then, you know, it's because it's so big. And then you get closer and closer and closer, and it is just big you know you can't see the whole thing but but we were there for about two hours i think and by the time we left at about 7 a.m it was heaving it was rammed there was people everywhere and we were like oh i get why you got to be here like right when it opens because you want to have those pictures and you can i mean don't get me wrong you can still take a really nice picture even if there's people in the background but It was nice to kind of see it, you know, as the sun was coming up. It was kind of stormy that morning as well. So there was lightning in the background. We were all trying to get pictures of maybe the lightning, you know, hitting hitting the tip of the Taj Mahal. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was stunning. And it was one of those where I'm like, this is, yeah, this is touristy. But like, there's a reason this is one of the, like, the wonders of the world. And so now I can say I ticked off another wonder of the world. <laughs> you did it. You did it. But yeah, oh, I love I, that. I think you had asked me, though, like, how did it compare to Petra? Because I did Petra in Jordan a few years ago. Now, Petra still holds number one spot. Okay. Over the Taj Mahal. And I'll tell you why. And the only reason I say this, they're both amazing. But you got to work for Petra. You do a lot of walking to get up there. <laughs> and so okay. you're tired. And so once you kind of come around that corner and you finally see... The monastery. I think it's the monastery. Is it the monastery or the well? What? Yeah, I've never one. been. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's the two. Of them. There's, there's the there's the monastery and the other one where you got to walk up way higher. But anyways, the the sort of the famous one that everyone knows when you think Petraetti. I think it's the monastery. But you kind of walk around a corner after you've done about ten thousand steps, and then you see it, and again, it kind of takes your breath away. 
but you're also exhausted. <laughs> your breath is actually already gone because you've done so much walking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's so you're only- breathless. So you're breathless, possibly because of the sights, but possibly because you're dying. You're breathless and. It's taking your breath away, and so just don't pass out. But so that's the only reason I say Petra still takes the number one spot, but Taj Mahal is now number two, followed okay. by the pyramids at number three, and then number four, the Colosseum. So I still have a few more to go, and then I'll be able to put them in order of how amazing I found all of them. I think that's all the ones I've done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a must. It's. I know Steph and I always say, like, you don't have to do the touristy things if you don't want but the Taj Mahal is a must if you're going to India you have to go see it I know what what a shame if you go to India and you don't see it yeah <laughs> you gotta do it so um that was incredible and I feel like our experience on that was pretty similar now you you went to Mumbai I did I did not go to Mumbai however I feel like we had an experience in itself or a similar experience when it came to Bollywood films, <laughs> but just a different one. So wait, what did you do when you were in Mumbai? So I did, I did a bunch, but to that point, I actually spent, I did a day tour where they picked us up. They took us to the Bollywood studios. Uh, we got a tour of all the sets of different famous Bollywood cool. shows. It's, yeah. It was so fascinating. It's a bit of a shame. Obviously, I, I didn't know a lot of the shows. Um, they're, they're movies. But, well, there's shows too. Is there? Movies. I thought they were all oh, just yeah. big cinema, like Bollywood no, is like Hollywood. No, they've film. got like they've got like Days of Our Lives style. Oh, like soap Bollywood okay. shows. Yeah, got it. And so when we were there, they called a bunch of the actors over when they were in between takes, and we got our photos with some of them. And I don't know who they are, but apparently they were a big deal because there were people right. waiting to meet them. Um, yeah, and just had this sort of whole day in Bollywood, and they took us into a private theater and we got like a Bollywood style dance. Like it was, it was, wow. they got us up and dancing. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a full day in Bollywood. I would love to do that. Yeah. So I, I did something similar and I feel like we need to swap, like you need to do what I did and I need to do what you did. So while you got Sold. to go see like the filming of a Bollywood movie, mm-hmm. I went to a screening of a Bollywood movie. And so we basically went to like, a cinema or like a movie theater where mm-hmm. we live, depending on what you call it. And so, yeah, our, our guide was like, you know, who wants to go watch a Bollywood film? And I'm like, I would. And I was like, is there going to be English subtitles? He's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, how are we going to know what's going on though? And he was like, he was like, there is absolutely no logic to Bollywood films. He's like, it's dancing, it's fighting. Somebody falls in love. They have a wedding. He's like, you don't need to know what is going on. I'm like, okay. So anyway, so we went and I was not expecting what we actually, <laughs> like, what we walked into. So this was in Jaipur. And we walked into this beautiful, like, it was a huge movie theater. And I'm thinking, I don't know why in my head I'm thinking, like, oh, Indian movie theater. It'll be sort of, I don't know, maybe a bit more rundown, like, compared to, you know, the ones that we have over here. It was not. It was stunning. It was like an opera house. Um, okay. So we went in, huge, huge screen. And I can't remember the name of the film. But the star in it, his name is Salman Khan, and he is like one he's like of one of the most famous Bollywood famous, stars. He's like, like people faint when they see him. Yes, yes, and it was his new movie, and we even looked this guy up, and he is not only one of the richest Bollywood actors, he's one of the richest actors in the world. Like this guy is worth like half a billion dollars. Oh, it's if a- people want to be fascinated. I remember doing, this was years ago, probably after I went to Bollywood, Mm. where they told us to Google the most paid actors in the world. Because normally when we see, you know, highest paid actor, they're showing us American actors. Right. If you look at Bollywood actors and how much they make, like Brad Pitt, all the things, the people we think are A-listers are like down the list. Yeah. Because they are making nothing compared to Bollywood actors. Yeah. There is so much money that goes into Bollywood. So it was this guy's new movie. And um, so we turn up, we find our seats. The movie starts. There's still people walking around everywhere looking for their seats. They'd walk by. They'd just stand in front of you. Like, they've got ushers with flashlights. Like, it's just chaos. It's absolute chaos. And I'm thinking, like, <laughs> when is everyone just going to sit down and settle? They don't. In a in a, this Bollywood, like, screening, people go bananas. So the the film finally comes on. 
Salman Khan makes his like appearance on screen. Everybody's cheering, screen, it's like screaming, oh, I standing love up. This. And I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. And then like the lead actress, I don't know her name, but she came on the screen, and there was like a group of guys sit, like sitting in front of us, and they just start going crazy. They're like, wow, like like cheering and like whistling and like they're just like throwing money in the cinema and i'm like this is insane one of the guys in front of us had his phone out he was like uh facetiming somebody and like putting like showing them the movie like people were recording on their phones i'm like this is crazy and the movie itself was i mean it was so cheesy but that's like bollywood like the acting was you know not great the dancing was you know pretty bad but like Rags was it? Guy. I've seen Bollywood clips where the dancing no, no, no. is amazing. I'm saying this one. This guy, okay. Salman Khan, is known for not being a good dancer. He's not. Oh. He's not a very, a very good singer. But he's one of those that he like produces his own movies. He acts in his own movies. He okay. like. He, so he is the star, right? He's about six. I years am old living now. in fear right now that some of our listeners from India are going to be like, don't you talk bad about Salman no, Khan. No, we're, we're not. People love him. But I, I've spoken to a couple of my friends from India here, and they were like, you went to a Sal- Salman Khan movie? I'm like, yeah. And they said the same. They're like, this guy, people love him. But he's like, he's just that sort of all-encompassing macho man, you know? And yeah. so, and they even said, like, the, the opening dance scene. So our tour guide, he said... You know, this was, uh, that's what they released as like the promo and people were just like taking the piss out of him, like saying what a bad dancer he was, but like in the most, like, it's weird. It's like a love hate with him. Right. But like, they had like these like really cheesy action scenes and I was like, this guy's like the Vin Diesel of India. Like he's like, you know, (laughs) the whole whole thing was just, it was so. I feel like we're digging a digger deeper hole. (laughs) No, it's, but it's, that's. I, I wouldn't say it's that all unless with love. <laughs> no, it it was. I mean, there were scenes in it that were just it was cheese, but like cheese is not always bad. I like cheese. I was like sitting there going, "This is incredible!" Like some of the graphics were, you know, again so bad that they were so good. Like, yes. And o- overall, it was just it was such an experience just being in the in the cinema and like watching everyone go crazy for this. Um, and then we left at the intermission. They do intermissions during these films because they're so long. So we left after and then we had asked, you know, our tour guide, like, what was happening? And he was like, nothing. Like, you didn't, you, what you saw is exactly <laughs> like what it was. He was like a fight scene. He's in love with the girl. Like, they'll probably get married at the end kind of thing. Um, so that was super fun. But I would love to go to Bollywood to watch like an actual, see them film one of these and just see like, how are they f- you know, I would love to see a live dance scene. <laughs> this <laughs> like, is what we should do when we go back together. Mm. We can have like a swap day where you go to Bollywood and I'll go to the theater. Perfect. And then we can report back. Sold. I love it. Or we could just do it together. <laughs> True. <laughs> we could just do it again. Just because I did it once doesn't mean I won't do it again. <laughs> Sweet. Sold. Um, I feel like one thing we have to talk about, Deli Belly. So Okay, I never got it. Me neither. Yeah. This is what so like everyone was like, Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get a bit of deli belly while you're there. I was fine. I feel like I've got a strong stomach. But I just feel like it's common sense. What do you mean? Well, I don't know, just pay attention. Like drink filtered water. I had my blue light pen. Drink filtered water, pay attention to what you're eating or ordering. Yeah. You know, just common sense. But I guess some people do get it, like, if it is new foods, even just, like, just having spicy food. Yeah, I suppose my, yeah, I'm just apparently not very sympathetic, where I'm like, if you get it, it's your own fault. Well, yeah, no, no one's saying you've got to, like, you don't have to be shitty about it. If somebody gets it, they get it. No one's looking (laughs) to blame anyone. I'm not, I literally spent, I took three days out of my whole trip taking care of three British guys who had deli belly, like, on the extreme end. Yeah. So, like, I'm not unsympathetic in person. Yeah, but no. apparently I mean, just, from afar I am. Well, like, in my group, we... So, there was one, like, one day that, like, half of them had, like, pretty bad, like, diarrhea the next morning. And half of us didn't. We all ate at the same places. It's just, I yeah. think, everyone's stomach stomachs. is definitely different. Um, 
you know, I think you and I have probably traveled enough where we have eaten lots of different types of foods and, and some people haven't. And yeah, sometimes you might just eat a, you know, get a bad cucumber and <laughs> something you're eating. But it was a mix. I mean, of the 15 of us in this group. Yeah, there was one morning we were all trying to figure out like, what did we eat the day before? Because I was fine. A couple other people were fine. But like, Six or seven of them were just like doing a Not lot of poops, fine. a lot of poops yeah. that morning. But I think as well, it comes down to, uh, you know, sometimes a lot of the times in, in these hot countries as well, like if you're not staying hydrated, like, you know, sometimes oh, it's like, absolutely. You, yeah. Like, did you, do you have diarrhea because you ate something bad or you didn't drink enough water in 40 degree heat? You know, like, I mean, that's the yeah. main cause of, you know, bad belly. But of course, if you're throwing up, if it's a both ender, you probably ate something bad. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I was I was lucky there. But I have to say I was I was curried out by the end of my trip. Two weeks, you know, I was basically eating curry breakfast, lunch and dinner, which I love. I love a good, you know, a good Indian curry with rice, non the works. But by the time I got back to London, I'm like, do you know what? I, I can't look at curry for <laughs> probably for a, a couple months. I was like, give me bland food. I want a sandwich. I want a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> I want like tomato soup. I just want, I was craving, you know, just some really beige, boring food, which is what I did when I got home for a couple weeks. That, that's like everyone coming back from Morocco too, where you're like, I don't even want to hear the word tagine, tagine. for a very long time. Oh, <laughs> for real. I know. That's that's really how I felt. But uh but yeah, I mean the food, you know, you can't go can't go wrong though. It was oh. it was it was nice for the couple weeks. Okay. So love that. The one thing and I was so jealous because I'd read your itinerary about four times before you left and somehow mm. I just didn't make the connection that you were going to Jaipur, which I really, that's one thing I wish I did while I was there. What did you do in Jaipur? Yeah. So I can't believe you didn't go to Jaipur because it's known I as the, know. the pink city. And Steph is know. the pink lady. Steph is everything <laughs> pink. She loves pink. She's your typical girl. Love a dusty rose. She loves a dusty rose. And that is exactly what Jaipur looks like. Everything is painted in like a dusty rose pink. So like you need to go back and get some good Instagram photos. Um, but yeah, so Jaipur was a very cool city. I liked it better than Delhi. Um, very busy. I think even while I was in India, India had actually just surpassed China as the most populous country in the world. And it okay. really felt it really felt like it. <laughs> so, it does. Yeah, yeah it does. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. But we, uh, in Jaipur, we did like this walk down by like the spice markets. And that's very overwhelming. If you're going to walk down through some of these spice markets, definitely bring a mask because it's... It's spices just kind of floating around and you're kind of inhaling it. So some of us didn't have masks and we were coughing quite a lot. Um, but yeah, so lots of like shops like that. Um, we got in tuk-tuks, kind of like rode around Jaipur. And yeah, just kind of explored like the city. That's where we saw the, the Bollywood film. But I did a, the, the, the sort of bougie thing I did while, while I was there. I did a hot air balloon ride over. Yes. Jaipur. Um, so this was one of those optional things they gave us, um, you know, as an activity. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. It cost. It was pretty expensive. It was like 280 US dollars. Holy. Yeah. It pretty. It was. It was expensive. Um, but I said, you know what? I've never been in a hot air balloon before. Let's just do it. Um, yeah. So me and a couple of other people in my group, we did it again. A 4 a.m. wake up call because we were setting off into the balloon at like I think like. 5 30 or 6 or something mm -hmm. um so yeah it was i would say so there was a couple people on my trip that they have done hot air balloon rides before okay and they were like this one was a bit over underwhelming because you are just kind of floating over farms and crops in india over jaipur and it was beautiful we saw the sunrise and everything but in terms of scenery yeah, there, like, there wasn't much to kind of look at whereas you know one of the girls on my trip she had done a hot air balloon ride over uh, in, in in Egypt over the what's the kings the valley that's I did this I did the hot air balloon over the valley of the kings oh so you did that as well okay so you've done yeah. it so this yeah. one over Jaipur you probably would have thought eh, because I would imagine floating over something like that like valley of the kings would be incredible yeah it was pretty cool yeah so that's what one of the girls was saying you know when she did the comparison but because I'd never done one I'm like screw it let's you know why not but it was still cool like there was one point we kind of were floating over and it was around the time all the kids were going to school and there was a group of kids that just started running 
under our balloon and they were chasing the balloon and they were, you know, yelling like, namaste, namaste, and they were waving at us. And it, was, it was really cute. Um, so it was still fun. It was still one of those things like I didn't have a bad time. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. for the price, I was like, ooh, this is hefty. And, you that know, that is very expensive. Because when I was in Egypt, my balloon ride over the Valley of the Kings was about, I think, $60. Yeah, that's so that's what I mean. That's what like some of the people in my group were like, we've done this before for cheaper. So they didn't go. Yeah. Um, but it was still fun. Although well, there was a girl that fainted in our balloon. <gasps> No, while yeah, you were so, up in the air? Yeah, we were in the air. and What did you do? Was, well, there was, so we had, it was a big balloon. There were 16 of us in, and so you have four baskets kind of spread yeah. out. And so we were in one basket and then we just see this girl in the next basket. She just passes out and her sister's trying to like revive her and like she just keeps fainting and she keeps fainting and they're trying to give her water. And so the pilot, he was this British guy. He was just like, oh, my God, like, I've never had somebody. He's been doing this for years. He's like, I've never had somebody faint. So he's radioing his guys below, like, you know, all right. He's like, I got to make an emergency landing. And so he's trying to get his guys to, like, because they have to follow him in the car, right? To yeah, see the they need to be where land. the planes, the balloon's coming down. Exactly. And so, you know, we're like, oh, my God, this is so dramatic. Because so, we just got up in the air. So he's, like, trying to, you know, look for a spot to do an emergency landing. But then she kind of came to. And so somebody gave her a bit of chocolate and then she was fine after that. So we kind of went back up. He's like, you're sure you're okay. So we, we didn't make the emergency landing. Um, but it was kind of funny when we actually, when we finally did land. So he's kind of looking for a spot. And I said to the pilot, I'm like, do you just land in somebody's field? Like their farm? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, are they okay with this? He's like, it hasn't been a problem yet. <laughs> like, but they do. They just sort of land in like someone's backyard and they don't care. And then once we did land, you know, people kind of like there's kids that ran over and obviously yeah. they're curious. And so it was really cute. Like the whole thing was um, just it was a fun experience. It was expensive, but I'm still glad the, I did it. There was nothing I regretted doing, you know, on the, the trip. The thing I found most interesting about hot air ballooning more than the actual experience was the fact that all the hot air balloon pilots know pretty much all of the hot air balloon pilots around the world. Yeah. And they all go, you know, do that in other countries. And so I obviously did Egypt in 2015. And then when I moved to Australia in 2017, Mm. my partner and I at the time did went up in one as well. Mm. And the pilot was like, oh, who's done it before? And he's asking. And I said, oh, I did it in Egypt. Oh, what company? And he's like, oh, yeah, that would have been da 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 da. Like, they all know each other because yeah. it's such a niche career. Well, yeah. And, and they, and were they saying, compete around the world. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. That's what he was saying. So the guy that was uh, piloting our balloon, like, he's just a contract worker, right? So the company in itself, in India, they just hire him out for the season. It's yeah. it's almost like if anybody watches Below Deck, which I you probably don't stuff, but, no. you know, yachties, right? Like, they work on yachts. They just get called out to work on whatever yacht, you know, in wherever it's based. And then they go work there for a season, which might be like two months. And then they go home. And then they yeah. might go somewhere different a couple months later. So it's the same with these, you know, hot air balloon pilots. And so I was like, what a cool job. And he was saying that his his, uh, his sons are learning how to do it as well. And I'm like, how? And he, you know, he was saying he flies all over the world. He flies in Tanzania. Uh, I think he said Egypt as well. So he probably knows like your pilot as well um around England so I just thought yeah what a what a cool what a cool job but anyways so yeah so overall I mean I had the best time it was so busy there was loads of other stuff we did we did a cooking class you know at uh, an Indian family's house which was amazing um we did get swarmed one day by a bunch a bunch of yeah Indian which you know I thought that would happen a lot more but there was one particular day where there was just Loads of them looking at us going, who are these very white tourists? A lot of people asking for pictures. <laughs> yeah. All the things I expected that would happen, but like n- not in a bad way, in a very endearing way. And it was, you know, it was so fun. I had the best time and I would definitely go back to India. And I think Steph, yes. you would go back I to India. I love this. We're doing it. We're going together. We're going to go live from India. Yes. That's my plan. Should. That's our next episode. <laughs> we'll be in India. No, I can't afford to go back to India right now. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll put it in the pipeline. Yeah. All right. But, um, beautiful. Well, I'm. it warms my heart that you loved it because I was personally invested in your experience of it. So this makes me so happy. And I hope for anyone who kind of had it, you know, they thought, oh, I'd love to go to India. But, you know, it makes them a bit uneasy because of 
different culture, different experiences and the things people say, maybe, you know, we've encouraged you a little more to just give it a go. Yeah. And even not even if it's not India, other other countries, other Anywhere. places, if you're if it hasn't really, you know, you're not sure, take it from me, just go and experience something different, I think. And sometimes you might not like it. You'll come back and go, you know what? I'm good. But live and learn. It's living and learning and just seeking out new adventures because, again, sometimes you don't know what you actually will will enjoy. So, But I think that's it then for this week. We fit a lot in. I like I think we did. Yeah. So let us know if you guys have been to India. What have been your favorite spots? Where should we go next when Steph and I go together? (laughs) All right. See you all next time. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. And donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.